Welcome to episode eight. This is your host, Derek Chaser. We're chasing the Walt Disney World Resort magic is a reality. I hope everyone had a great week, and without further ado, let's start the show. I am being joined today by fellow co-host, Mindy Chaser, and in today's episode, we are going to talk about Star Wars Galaxy's Edge and the Chaser, Chaser's Newsreel, our favorite five rides at the Magic Kingdom and the Chaser's Tidbit, and eating at the California Grill at the Contemporary and the Chaser's Restaurant Review. So with that, we're going to jump right into uh, the Chaser's Newsreel. I've been talking about the last couple of weeks about uh, doing a full, full-on uh, review of Galaxy's Edge and the Black Spire that is at Disney's Hollywood Studios. And with it being a quiet news week, Mindy and I thought it'd be a good idea to jump into uh, exploring this land a little bit more. And all we're gonna be talking about in the newsreel today is Galaxy's Edge. So with that, um, growing up, I uh, watched all the original Star Wars films. I've watched all of the, the new ones as well. Um, I am a pretty decent Star Wars fan. Mindy, um, Mindy, has kind of gotten to enjoy it a little bit through me um, but I would say out of my whole family I'm the biggest one even over my uh, children um, growing up with it so I'm excited to go check out the land I think it's cool you know um, so I'm just looking forward to it all right like Derek said I don't have as much knowledge on um, Star Wars but I still think going to see the land would be really really nice so Right now, what they have going on, because I think Disney knew it was going to be very busy over at Hollywood Studios, they have, normally they have extra magic hours where people that stay on property can get in a little bit earlier, stay a little bit late. They have extra, extra magic hours. Um, in this article, he states, if you want to take in this awe-inspiring site for yourself, you should probably use the extra extra magic hours that begin Sunday September 1st at Disney's Hollywood Studios it runs through November 2nd and on this limited time benefit you will the park will open several attractions beginning at 6 a.m. every day including Galaxy's Edge subject to capacity so I think if it fills too much then you get a time that you come they have back. a queue they got a, a digital queue yeah and then at this extra time it's available to all guests staying at a disney resort hotel as well as other select hotels probably the ones on disney springs and extends to disney's animal kingdom and magic kingdom so i think this is a really good thing considering that it might be really busy over there um some people that we watch on youtube we noticed that they went really early and it didn't seem like it was crazy busy they were able to go on uh, um, the one attraction that is actually open right now smugglers run they were um able to get on that and then actually get into the cantina and you need uh um, reservations to build a droid or build a um scrap metal it's a lightsaber i'll get into that here in a little bit but uh it's uh going in the morning seems that a lot of people were able to actually experience a good chunk of the land before the park normally opens up at nine o'clock yeah that's the way to go i think so um, just wanted to throw that out there that, you know, we're not going to get a chance to go between now and November 2nd. But if we were, I would definitely be taking advantage of the early morning hours. And this piggybacks a little bit onto what Mindy and I were talking about in a recent episode of why we feel kind of the whole early bird gets the worm. Going in the morning is, uh, um, I know it's sometimes hard for some people to get up, but when you're on uh, spending those Disney dollars and you're on Disney time, the morning is the sweet spot so. definitely definitely but it's been a long time coming at the Hollywood Studios they've been building the land for years Star Wars Galaxy's Edge 
the all new land is now open and it's a place where you can go and live your Star Wars adventure in a galaxy far, far away. The land has two new attractions. I want to first state that both attractions, you cannot get a fast pass for these attractions at this point. They are literally, you have to wait in the line for it. Um, they have not opened up fast passes yet. They're trying to get people through these rides to the best of their ability. They knew there was going to be demand. And this is piggybacking off of what they did in Disneyland. So if the land gets really busy and you want to go into it, there is a virtual queue. If you go up to the land and you're like, they say, hey, you can't go in right now. You can, uh, using the uh, My Disney app, my Disney Experience app, you can get into the virtual queue. People that have had been placed in the virtual queue, especially for the first couple days when the land opened up, I have not heard anyone where they were where they were turned away and they did not get in. So I know Dorian went through, which probably put a little bit of damper. I'll be curious to see this week, now that people rescheduled their vacations, yeah. um, how busy it's truly going to get. I think on opening day, it topped out at about a three-hour wait, which sounds crazy, but that's nowhere near the wait of when uh, um, uh, Flight of Passage, Flight of Passage um, opened up. But... Uh, like I said, two two attractions. The first is the attraction that is open right now is the Millennium Falcon Smuggler's Run, and for those um, you know people that grew up with the films, the Millennium Falcon is a very important piece of Star Wars lore. It is you know Han Solo's you know ship, and you know where in Chewbacca as as co-pilot. It's a big deal in the Star Wars universe, and this experience. Um, gives you a chance to be the pilot or you know be on the Millennium Falcon. You have to be at least 38 inches or taller to ride it. Um, it is appropriate for kids, tweens, teens, and adults. It is a thrill ride with small drops. Um, they also describe it as a dark attraction and it's loud because of all the special effects that are going off on it. And um, it is described by Disney as right in the famous cockpit of the Millennium Falcon on a daring flight. And whether you're a pilot, engineer, or gunner, those are the three roles that you can do. Um, someone's gotta be like, you know, the pilot, the engineer, and someone's gotta be shooting the guns because anyone that's familiar with Star Wars, there's always something going on in the galaxy. Every role is crucial. The engines rumble as the Millennium Falcon blasts off, pushing you and your crew back into your seats when you jump into hyperspace towards adventure. Along the way, you'll face danger at every turn. Will your mission succeed or fail? It's up to you. Find out if you have what it takes to outmaneuver the odds aboard the Millennium Falcon. Get ready to punch it. <laughs> that is the, the only Chewbacca you're going to get from me on this. And Mendy's laughing over here. <laughs> But, I mean, come on, Chewie's on the Millennium Falcon. He's he's doing it. He's getting into it. So I just had to throw that out there, you know? <laughs> it's a it's a big day here, Sunday, um, here in Ohio. <laughs> I am a huge Cleveland Browns fan, and I know this is a Disney World podcast, but if I'm a little bit, have a little bit of extra pep in my uh, step, I'm just excited. It's like Christmas here in Ohio. So it, it, it's a good day. It's a good day to be alive. So <laughs> on the job training provided to go on. It's okay if you've never flown a Starship before. Hondo Anaka is looking for discreet flight crews to deliver a backlog of hard-to-find items to particular clientele. No experience necessary. And, and Hondo is a really amazing animatronic that when you're walking through the experience and you actually are walking into the cockpit of the Millennium Falcon, he is um, you know, the individual that is trying to 
hire you to get his um, you know items to uh, clientele so it's kind of like smugglers run literally you're like smuggling goods so it's a it's a really cool thing it's had mixed reactions here, here's my take on it it looks amazing to me it is a flight simulator uh, but here's something you got to keep in mind there's two rides that are going to be available at this park and I believe this is more of while it's going to be an amazing experience from what I've seen it is more of the B attraction in the land they have not opened up the A attraction yet and it's it, it you know it is what it is it's an experience it's not going to blow you away no one everyone that has been on it so far they're like you know well you know Flight of Passage is still the number one attraction at Disney World, but it's supposed to be a supplement. This is not supposed to be the A attraction. They just wanted for those that love the original Star Wars movies, I think they just wanted to have this nostalgia of letting people have an experience on the Millennium Falcon. Um, I know you're not as familiar, Mindy, but you know it's it's you know it's not the A it's not the A tier attraction. I'm wondering, is it as is it as um, intense as Star Tours for people that maybe have a little bit of motion it sickness? Is. You might want to be. People, some people be, who have said that you know, it is. Kind of be, um, be aware of that if you know, you're somebody who has that issue. Star Tours on steroids is, is what some people have described <laughs> okay. it as. So, um, and I know for you. But you don't wear the glasses. You don't, That's you what don't, I you don't wear the glasses. But I know for you, honey, um, it sometimes those those type of jarring you love roller coasters yeah but i know that um the you, ones where you, you, you get a little glasses. bit of motion sickness yeah. on some of them so because of the glass like you said I really the, think the effects of it. the you know 3d 4d type experience but the a tier attraction star wars rise of the resistance is actually going to be opening on december 5th if you noticed the early magic hours early early magic hours to get in will be done before they even open up their a you know their a tier attraction they need those hours who knows December. what they're gonna, who knows what they're going to do maybe they extend it you know disney does what disney does there's no way of knowing yeah. for sure but um this just looks amazing this this whole attraction the whole queue of it uh there's there's just they disney's describing it as an, an attraction on a scale that is impressive most impressive star wars rise of the resistance is a massive multi-platform new attraction that is unlike anything you've ever experienced at walt disney world resort or anywhere else in the galaxy except the mission from the resistance you know you got the resistance which is quote unquote the good guys and then you got the first order which is the bad guys kylo ren which would have been like in the old school days uh you know darth vader and the empire but anyway the resistance needs your help hidden in the forest outside the black spire outpost which is where the actual you know the land about two actually is it is the black spire outpost in star wars galaxy's edge the resistance is gathering recruits for a secret mission with the first order desperate to extinguish the spark of the resistance the mission is bound to have unexpected twists and turns when you transport when your transport is captured by an imposing first order star destroyer with kylo ren on board you're going to need all the help you can get fortunately a covert team of resistance fighters is at the ready to give you a fighting chance to escape and a chance for the resistance to rise along the way favorite star wars characters including ray finn Poe Dameron and BB-8 will join the action to help you. Get ready for a thrilling new adventure. Opens on December 5th, 2019. From what I have seen of this in the video that's playing, they've got, I mean, it's, 
there's there's multiple parts of this attraction there is a part before you actually get on the riding vehicle and the riding vehicle kind of reminds me of like what the riding vehicle and dinosaur is mm -hmm. is like and um, it's taking you into this amazing experience where you're like you know going through um, trying to you know get out you know of this ship that you know is is ran by the first order and i have heard that they have i think it might be a little bit longer about the size of a football field where they have got a bunch of stormtroopers all lined up that are you know some of them are animatronic some of them would be stationary but it looks like you know they've got a whole platoon of you know stormtroopers it just looks immersive and massive I think that this is going to be, you know, they had Haggard's uh, um, motorcycle adventure recently that opened up at uh, Universal. This is going to be, I think, uh, Disney's huge response to, to that attraction. You know, we talked earlier, too, about like a couple episodes ago about how Tron is going to be a very similar ride vehicle to Haggard's. But this experience, people are going to go to Disney World just I think to go on this experience. I know it's not open yet, Mindy. You kind of see a little bit of the details. What, what's your take on, you know, um, like I said, the BA attraction? Do you, do you, don't you think that this is gonna be their home run in yeah. the land? I'm trying, what are those big things that look uh, like big, big, huge? I'm gonna lose my Star Wars cred credibility <laughs> right now. Those things look like they'd scare me. they're called Landwalkers. Okay, it's been a long they're time. very, very huge. I think you'll feel like you're there and you might get a little nervous even. <laughs> but it's, you know, it's, it's. oh, I'm going back real quick. I'm going to see if they uh, put up yet what the restrictions are for height. I thought because, it said 40 inches. Because with those that have little ones, yep. 40 inches or taller. So you have to be two inches taller for this attraction. So you've got to be a little bit taller. So it says kids, tweens, teens, and adults. Again, uh, thrill ride, small drops, dark, loud. Once again, though, they're, for some real little ones, this might be one of those. Might be a little scary for Might that. be a little bit scary. And because not that an extra two inches is that much, but with, with, with our daughter, Annabelle, we notice lots of times, sometimes two inches makes a world of difference really? on some of the attractions. Yeah. So this might phase out some of the younger ones, yeah. um, unfortunately. But uh, So those are the two attractions that are going to be in uh, um, Star Wars. Smuggler's Run, um, as I mentioned, is already open. They also have two custom merchandise, and you're going to need reservations for these. These are two of the more popular experiences that people are doing in Star Wars Galaxy's Edge. They have what's called Savi's Workshop, where you can uh, make a lightsaber. You can build your own custom lightsaber at this Cladiston shop that continues the traditions of the Force. They actually refer to it as um, junk metal. Uh, because you got to understand you're in this immersive experience where you're kind of part of the resistance but you're trying to keep that low key that you're part of the resistance because there are a bunch of first order stormtroopers as well as Kylo Ren walking around Galaxy's Edge and if you're you know with the resistance well you're against the first order so this is kind of like an underground place where they're building lightsabers. It's described as choose your path. Travel to Black Spire Outpost where a group known as the Gatherers ushers you into a co covert workshop packed with unusual parts, whimsical pieces, and miscellaneous memorabilia collected from the far reaches of the galaxy. Under the guidance, you, under their guidance, you can construct your very own lightsaber and bring it to life through the power of kyber crystals. Builders beware, you must protect the shop's secrecy to avoid being discovered by the First Order. And I think I screwed it up, but they refer to it as scrap metal. Um, yeah. So it is, 
not a cheap experience. Um, I have seen lots of videos on this. It looks amazing going through building it. I know for a lot of people listening, this might be a dream come true to build the lightsaber. It is going to set you back about basically $199.99 plus tax, so a little over $200. But the what I've heard is they're not cheap, that they feel a lot of people that have built them have felt that it's worth the $200 to go through the experience, to customize them. And uh, they say that the recommended age on it is five years or older, and it is uh, limited to, um, you know, you can bring, if you're building it, you can bring a guest too. We have seen a lot of people to where if you're building it, one other person can kind of film you doing it or just experience it with you. So it's a plus one experience. You are allowed to bring one other person in if you're building it. But uh, um, yeah, it's, my kids would be fascinated to do this, but you know, it'd be one of those things where I think we could only afford to build one because uh, this would be a pricey little proposal if all three yeah. kids wanted to get one. No. No? <laughs> it ain't happening. Is that a hard no? Okay. Yeah. Fair enough, but maybe we'll get one. One, one, we'll maybe, get one for the Chaser Clan and, and leave it at that. But yeah. uh, um, the next experience, which is a little bit cheaper experience, that I think this one is um, also fun that you're going to want to get a reservation for both of these. And you can get those, you can check the availability online or through the uh, My Disney Experience app. But uh, um, the Droid Depot is also open, and it is described by Disney as. Assemble a custom Astromech unit. Visit a workshop stocked with parts, chips, manuals, and other tech items useful for constructing your very own droid. One of the galaxy's most indispensable sidekicks. First, register your choice of the BB Series unit or R Series for those old school people. R2-D2, the BB-8, the R2 and the BB Series going back and forth. And then the, at the parts station, select from a colorful variety of components to customize your droid as they roll by on the shop's conveyor belt. The BB series has domes, R series has the domes, so kind of you get all the different parts to build them. And uh, you, you go through the same experience. This is also a plus one experience. Um, it's half the price though, $99.99 plus tax. So I've known people that have built both. Some people have chosen to do one or the other. Um, but I think that this one, this one's recommended for kids three plus. So I think this one is a little bit more kid friendly. Not that the building the lightsaber isn't, but this is more of something that I think that your little ones will be able to play with the um, your droid maybe a little bit easier than swinging a lightsaber at each other and what, heavy ones and heavy ones uh, what do you what do you think mindy i think they both look awesome and just you better be saving up <laughs> you're gonna go do this yeah so i mean it's two really cool experiences um you know i think they really thought that one through yeah also um there is another app on top of the my disney experience app which is called the play disney parks app and in this land what you can actually do is they have uh codes um throughout the whole park where you can see different kind of uh um, writings that are throughout the um, whole park and what you can do is you can decipher what they actually are and you can actually hack um what is going on so you can kind of decipher what the different language actually uh, means and uh, um, it is where um, when you're there in Batu going through everything you can actually um, it's described as the language is Arabish 
uh, signs throughout Black Spire Outpost, scan objects all around the spaceport to discover precious cargo, tune into crypt communication sent by the planet's many residents, and uh, you can use the, the app to hack into and interact with select devices, control panels, and droids. So another cool little thing when you're waiting. That's the yeah. beautiful thing about the um, the play app is it, it helps when you're just standing in line waiting for an attraction. It gives the kids, gives the adults something else that you can do and uh, just something you can do while yeah. you're waiting in queues. Um, as far as the dining goes, there are um, two. Um, there's some quick service options too. Well, they're all kind of quick service, but we'll go over it. But the more sit-down type places that you can eat at in uh, um, Galaxy's Edge, you got Oga's Cantina, um, which I've seen a lot of videos on this too. And you do need a reservation for Oga's. Um, this is another one of those very popular. It has a two-person. Um, I mean a two drink limit per person so if you had a party of five everyone in your group could have um, I said two drinks per person but I've also heard that you know some people that don't want to get the two drinks that if you have a party of five it's a total of ten drinks and as long as you're not being crazy or wild there might be someone in the party that does have three drinks for instance but these are um, specialty drinks um, they range um, for $15 on up, they are a little bit on the pricier side, but they are making you know different kinds of galactic drinks that you can get. You can get the blue milk with alcohol in it, the green milk with alcohol. They actually have uh, kind of like they have at uh, Trader Sam's where you can have uh, take-home mugs that you get with the actual drinks that you order. Um, and it's described as thirsty for a taste of adventure. Welcome to the local cantina where bounty hunters, smugglers, rogue traders, and weary travelers of all ages come together to refuel, enjoy music, and conduct meetings, no questions asked, with an expansive menu of exotic concoctions for young ones and adults. Once again, this is, this is a place you can bring your kids into. Um, it's loud. Um, there is not much sitting in the cantina, so if you have little ones, they might have to stand. I do want to throw that out there. Um, you are right now since it's really popular you're you know they turn you pretty quick you might only be in there for 30 minutes to an hour max um, they, they turn the tables pretty quick and as you plan your next smuggling run please enjoy some bold musical entertainment courtesy of droid DGR 3x a former star speeder 3000 pilot the cantina adheres to proprietor Oga Gara strict code of conduct but patrons can be unpredictable so just keep your head down drink casual for those who have long dreamed of visiting one of the galaxy's most infamous watering holes Ogos Cantina brings that dream to life and they do have like I said I don't I'm not because for time constraints I'm not going to get into everything that goes on there but they do have where you can get some appetizers um, and the adult drinks they do have non-alcoholic drinks too they have mocktails so you don't have to be a drinker to go into the cantina you can get a non-alcoholic option and then try um, the appetizers too but uh, this is um, and you can actually it's so popular for this they're actually taking reservations up to 180 days in advance um, just like any of the other um, restaurants on Disney property that you need a reservation for and then check in 15 minutes prior to uh, coming in limited seating and obviously you must be 21 if you're gonna in, indulge in an adult beverage but uh, this place looks awesome um, it kind of looks like one of the old uh, um, cantina bars that are in the old uh, the, the first three um, Star Wars films um, what, what, what do you think Mandy I know you've seen a lot about this too it just looks really immersive 
you walk in and it's an experience more than just eating and drinking. Right. It's an experience. And so, then, you know, like they even said, if you're not a Star Wars fan, it looks really prepared to stand. Don't, yeah, I no mean, problem. Don't th don't, but for those that might be, um, you know, obviously I think they would save more of the seating for those that are maybe disabled. Oh, anybody um, that really needs to sit. To, to sit. So I just don't want people, yes, it's air conditioned, but I don't want to give people the um, impression that, hey, I'm just going to be able to go in here, you know, you know. My, my feet are killing me and I'm going to just go in here and, and sit down. That's not, this isn't going to be the place for it. The other dining option that um, is being really promoted is Docking Bay 7 Food and and it is described as prepare your taste buds for takeoff. At this restaurant housed in a working hangar bar, choose from a variety of dishes prepared with ingredients from across the galaxy. All of it delicious, but none of it familiar. Chief Strano Cookie Tugs has docked a food freighter loaded with fresh supplies and he's ready to satisfy the appetites of visitors and locals alike with an array of exotic offerings. His planet hopping travels allow him to prepare fare with unusual flavors that delight customers. Um, once you've got your grub, sit inside the spacious hangar or grab a table in the rustic outdoor seating area surrounded by the crumbling walls of the old marketplace. This is the place you're going to be able to sit down and eat at Galaxy's Edge. And it looks like the seats look kind of like uh, little, like, you know, wooden keg drums or something. What would you bucket describe? Bucket type Like things. a bucket, bucket seat. Mm-hmm. But it really looks cool. Once again, going into this, once again, um, prices start at uh, $14.99 on up. It, you know, you're not going to, by any means, you're not going to, you know, break the bank, but it's not going to be something where you're going to be able to get like a $5 option. You're going to, um, you, you're going to be able, you know, you'll get a meal, but, you know, you're going to spend a little bit um, for the extra experience to eat at the docking bay. But all that being said, not that I've heard bad reviews about the food at the docking bay. Um, I have heard rave reviews at some of the other smaller places where you can actually go and um, get, you know, where you actually take your food on the go. Um, the milk stand, um, they actually have where you can sip on the blue or green milk. You can get it alcoholic, non-alcoholic at the milk stand. Um, and I, at Ronto Roasters, though, um, that is the place where I have heard where they have grilled sausages and, and a roasted pork wrap and this is the one where it's getting the rave reviews I, you know it kind of looks like you know you're putting this grilled sausage and you know and pork wrap but it looks like it's kind of like in you know like your typical wrap but it is a roasted to perfection described as as you wander the market follow the intoxicating scent of grilled meat wafting through the air ronto roasters is a favorite stop for crews prepping for their next mission inside spot the hanging pod racer engine heating up a spit of meats. A pitmaster droid turns the mechanical spit, grilled a large side, grilling a large side of Ronto, a massive beast native to the planet Tatooine. Enjoy your tasty treat with a specialty beverage. So they actually have a special drink just for this location as well. Um, so you know, for time, I'm not going to, you know, get into this. One day when Mindy and I get a chance to go over there and actually eat here, we'll do a full-on review. But from what I have heard, Ronto Roasters is the place to go to eat at Galaxy's It Edge. looks really good. And I think it's cool that it's an on-the-go option. It kind of reminds me of that Epcot feeling where you can kind of just take a drink, take, take a, you know, take a little, uh, um, take your food on the go. And then the last place where you can get something to eat is Kat Saka's Kettle. And what this is, is it's uh, um, 
different kinds of popcorns um, that you can get different flavored popcorns. There are a couple, two outpost shops at the Black Spire. There is Doc Onder's Den of Antiquities, where you can find uh, rare and unique artifacts collected by a legendary antiquities dealer. And then they also have Black Spire Outfitters, where you can outfit yourself for galactic adventures at this colorful apparel shop. So those are the two shops that are there. And as I mentioned before, part of the fun of going into this immersive experience is choosing your side the first order side with kylo ren or the resistance side with ray so um, pick your side have fun with it you can interact with the characters that you know are on your side if you will while you're walking through the land and uh, um, they also have another kind of a couple smaller um, places where you can get some uh, different souvenirs. They got the creature stall where you can discover exotic creatures and critters from around the galaxy and even take one home. Some of these uh, are kind of like movable type characters that can sit on your shoulder. And then they have the Toy Dorian Toy Maker where you can explore a whimsical workshop filled with handcrafted toys made by, made by local artisans. This is kind of more of your like your carved toys, which is kind of cool. Um, our kids would go nuts. They'd want something. They always want oh, yeah. a toy, don't they? Yeah. Um, but that's kind of in a real quick overview everything that is in this immersive land. And I think they really, you know, they really went into it. They really did a good job of getting this to um, the extent to that they actually got it to. I'm super super excited to go explore the Black Spire Outpost on Planet Batuu at Galaxy's Edge. And I think, and this is just my opinion, Mindy, and this is where I want like you know, you to kind of interject a little bit. I think that this is going to be something that, even if you're unfamiliar with the Star Wars universe, you can still have fun with it. Yeah. Um, it, I mean, looks, it looks really I mean, fun. I mean, I think you'd be excited to go to this, wouldn't you, Mindy? Yeah. I mean, to check it out and see what it's I all about. I do not want to wait three, four hours on right. a ride, I'll tell you that. Right. But I definitely would want to at least see it and experience it. I think that would be really neat. Um, hopefully, you know, the next time we go to Disney, they would have those earlier hours, and we would just have to know if we want to do it, we got to get there really early. So, right. Absolutely. Um with that, we are going to go into the Chasers tidbit where Mindy and I each made a top five list of our favorite rides at the Magic Kingdom. That's the beautiful thing about Magic Kingdom. has the most rides out of any of the theme parks. Um, absolutely. Uh, there is no right answer. I want to start off by saying everyone's going to have their favorites. Um, these are our personal favorites. Um, some of these attractions um, for me are uh, attractions that have been with at the park for a long time. Um, we, I, we're gonna do some at some point. We'll do a you know maybe a top five list of uh, rides or experiences to kind of uh, pass if 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 you don't have all day at Magic Kingdom. Like let's say oh. you get a park hopper, you're there only a couple of days. If there's there are attractions you can pass on. Um, definitely and we've you know we've I've personally Mindy there's only like one or two that I think that Mindy has not I have personally now experienced um, it's been years for me on some but I have been to every single entertainment and attraction at Magic Kingdom and I think for Mindy the only two that you haven't been on are the Tiki Room and Carousel of Progress I think those are the only two Astro you, Orbiter and Astro Orbiter okay so but, I, mean, I mean 
but, don't know. That one looks fun, but not something right, I feel not, like not, I really not, have not to do. And, and that seems to always, you know, there's no fast pass for that one. But anyway, I digress. Let's jump into uh, the list. Do you want to go with your list first or do you want me to go? I'll go first. Okay. Um, so as you're introducing your list, I am going to pull this one up for you real quick. Um, but I'm going five to one. I know you're going to go five to one, and uh, I just wanted to hear on a little bit of prep if you can hit enter for me real quick. Uh, here, I am going to be pulling up your number five oh, okay. on the list, so you can. What we're going to do is we actually have all of these that we have uh, um, pulled up on. Um, the disneyworld.disney.go.com website so we can kind of give you what the heights are on the rides real quick and a little bit of an overview of why we um, enjoy these rides and why there are uh, you know five through one and then Mindy actually did something really cool too where she decided that she thought it'd be a good idea to also do an honorable mention but without further ado we'll jump right into your number five Mindy okay my number five is Dumbo the Flying Elephant um, I, the reason I picked this ride as one of my top five it isn't so much as the ride being something, you know, something really amazing, but it remind it just brings back memories, nostalgia, like when we went the first trip with Owen, just him, and he and I rode that Dumbo ride like late at night and the fireworks were going off, and it was just a really awesome experience before they moved Dumbo back. Because it was right, yeah, it was right behind Cinderella's it Castle. It was the old Dumbo. And there was only one set. <clears throat> yeah, and that was like, you had to wait for that ride because there wasn't Fast Pass for it, and there was only one set of the Flying Elephants. Now that they've moved it, it's a lot easier to get on the ride, and I don't feel like it's quite as hard to get on. Plus, something that makes Annabelle super excited about Dumbo the Flying Elephant and that, and that's what helps. is yes. the queue if there's a wait of like let's say you know 20 minutes or something you literally can go into the big top circus and there's all this different stuff they can play on kind of like a little bit of playground equipment and stuff like that and there's like a little area for little ones so i think that's why annabelle absolutely loves it it's not that she likes the ride dumbo she likes to go play and i think a lot of the other kids like that too yeah. And, you know, she would rather play yeah. than even ride the ride, even Once though she again, likes the ride. Putting putting one of those cues that are immersive that makes it fun to wait. Yeah. Um, and then, like I said, there's two sides. And to if this you're hot, way. you can sit in there and relax while your kids are playing. So, and it's air conditioned inside for them to play. So that's really cool. Like you said, there's two sets of the elephants, so it goes a little bit faster for people. Any height can ride it. Little tiny ones, all the way up to adults. Two or three can get in, a, in an elephant, and they have like a little control where you can go up or down. You can you can fly up high, or you can go down low, or you can go up, down, up, down. So that's another part of it that makes it really fun. Great, you know, great pick. Um, Dumbo's not on my list, but it is a great attraction, yeah. especially for the little ones. And I totally understand the memory aspect of this yeah. one, Mindy. That's that's a good the, one. Little kids really love it, and you feel like you're flying in an elephant. My number four is Big Thunder Mountain. It's a roller coaster, and it's not like too much of a thrill 
ride. It's it's pretty tame, I feel like. Um, and you it's know the wildest it ride yeah, in the right. wilderness. That's right. It's the wildest ride in the wilderness. Right before it takes off, they say that. And we always say it with them. It's fun. It's amazing. You, you have to be there, trust me. It'll <laughs> yeah. make sense. Legend has it that soon after gold was discovered during America's gold rush in the 1850s, eerie things begin to occur. So you're riding in a train. Yeah. It would take off and race through tunnels by themselves, arrive at the legendary Big Thunder Mining Company, descend into an abandoned mine shaft, and board your train. As you enter Cursed Cavern, your train speeds up along with the rickety track. Dodge exploding dynamite and falling boulders as you swoop around turns, drop into canyons, and dart through dart through the mysterious ghost town of Tumbleweed. Your rip-roaring adventure proves some legends are true. How scary is it? It's a fast roller coaster type but it's not too bad a little bumpy and some of it's in the dark but honestly i guess the reason that i like it is because it, it's not as short of a ride it's a little bit longer and i don't know it's just it's just really fun the little ones slide a little bit on it but you just kind of put your arm around it but there's no drops which i think no, is really kind of nothing so they say crazy. small drops they're there's very really small no drops. they're tiny it is every epitome of the word word small drop yeah um our kids absolutely love it. You have to be forty inches to ride. Um, it is a thrill ride, though. Yeah, and I like we like doing this one at night. I mean, it's it's good during the day too, but it, it has a different aspect. I think at night we we tend to rope drop yeah. this ride because it's, it gets to yes. be a long wait, or we'll have a fast pass for and it. We try to double up on it later in the day. Yeah, because we, it's that good. Yeah, and it's fun to do at night, and our kids all love it. And maybe that's another reason why I picked it. Number three on my list, I think. Other people maybe, some people hadn't even heard of this ride, but it's called, we call it the People Mover, the Tomorrowland Transit Authority People Mover. It's It's a 10-minute <laughs> tour, and that is so nice. Oh, that air. If it's a, a hot, hot day, day yes. you go in the, in the afternoon, and it's just, you can feel the breeze. It's relaxing. It doesn't go fast. It's in Tomorrowland. Move above and beyond. Board an elevated tram for a leisurely, and it really is leisurely, mm. Voyage through Tomorrowland. During your narrated tour, you get to go behind the scenes of attractions like Buzz Lightyear, Space Mountain, and Mickey Star Trader's Retail Shop. See models of Progress City and the prototype for Epcot, which is cool. It is cool because you know that was Walt, one of Walt's big, big visions, and what he thought Epcot was, you know, what his yeah. vision of it is. I think it's just a nice, relaxing ride. It definitely is a must-do. The lines are usually not very long. I think the most we've ever waited is maybe 15 minutes on an absolutely no crazy busy No fast day. pass. It's not needed because they literally move people. So we remember that yeah. one time where the cast member, and they're just like, he's like, I love my job. We move peoples. Yeah. It was hilarious. The guy was funny. Um, all ages, though, right? Yeah. I mean, Anybody. anyone can go on it. And so. you can fit, like, at least four people in a tram. That's a, that's another good one. I, I, I agree with you, Mindy. That's, that's definitely a good ride. So that was my number three. My number two is Space Mountain. Obviously, the little ones cannot ride this ride. <laughs> Annabelle opted out last minute <laughs> the last time we went. Yeah. Uh, 44 inches or taller. Yeah. She was tall enough, but once we got up there and ready to get on, she was like, I'm not doing that. <laughs> so zoom through the galaxy, dip and careen into the inky blackness of as a futuristic soundtrack echoes all around you fly past shooting stars and celestial satellites roar past streaking orbs of light wayward comets and migrant meteors feel the pull of gravity as you're drawn into the swirling wormhole uh, i just think it's fun it's not that it's um 
that there's drops or anything like that, but it's dark and there's like stars. And so it's indoors. It's, it's exciting. It's indoor yeah. roller coasters. And it's got the iconic, you know, uh, Space Mountain needle, I guess mm -hmm. you would call it, that you see and everyone always wants yeah. to point out when you're on the monorail going oh, yeah. around. Right. And uh, it is not big boy friendly. I do want to say that right <laughs> now. I, uh, it is getting harder and harder for me to get in and out of this bad boy. Um, this is one of those rides, like I said, every ride attraction, you can bring a backpack. That backpack is going to be a hug. It. It's going <laughs> to be a hug in those kneecaps. Yeah. Because, uh, um, if, gosh, you know, I am not a um, tall dude by any stretch of the imagination, but uh, if you're over six foot, Ooh, baby! You know this yeah. is a this is not. Uh, it's it's like really low to get in. Yes. And I want to mention like oh, it's me. only one. It's like a single line. You're not sitting beside anybody. And that's why Annabelle wouldn't get up. That's because, the only yeah. reason she wouldn't do it. That's is right. because she wanted to be next to one of us. Now Oliver, who tends to get really scared, yeah. he loves that ride. So yeah. I mean, who knows? But it's a, it's 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 great. It's fun. We it's always, fast. We it's, always do it. We always enjoy it's it. Very fun. Um, I love it. Number one, my number one ride is Splash Mountain. This is so awesome. 40 inches or taller. It is a thrill ride. There's one huge drop. The rest are pretty small. Drop into a whimsical world filled with classic characters. A hair-raising ride. Gently drift through a colorful southern bayou along with the happy-go-lucky Br'er Rabbit as he looks for his laughing place. But be warned, Br'er Bear and Br'er Fox are in hot pursuit of this wayward hare. Glide by a hundred adorable audio animatronics, geese, frogs, raccoons, possums, bees, alligators, and other down-home critters as they sing Disney ditties, including Zippity-Doo-Dah, and everybody's got a laughing place. It's long. It's like a 13-minute ride. It is an amazing ride, like you it's said. It's really, you know, really you're neat. You're going to get wet. And, and I just love the southern characters. Like, you know, Br'er Bear, God love him. He's just always like, uh, da, da, da. and then you got Br'er Fox in his southern accent. Come on now, Br'er Bear. What you doing now, Br'er Bear? Come on now. You can make me look like a fool, Br'er Bear. I mean, it's just, it's hilarious. Yeah. It's just, it's. It's entertaining. Know. And you go through all of that. A hundred animatronics. Yeah. I mean. I didn't realize how many, but it's just, it's really, when they say delightful, I feel like that's, that's what it is. And you're in like a boat. You can fit two or three people in your seat um you will get wet but you you're not gonna get like completely drenched i mean maybe you could but we've we've ridden it sometimes where we haven't even had you know sometimes we put our flip-flops on yeah sometimes we, we just usually leave do. Our shoes on worst case scenario if you leave your shoes on and you do get soaked just have that extra pair of um socks, socks that you could switch yeah. out and they do i don't want to promise this but right now kind of a cool free souvenir ziplock is giving out splash mountain ziplock yeah, bags those are cool which is really cool and it's got like you know the splash mountain uh um, you know, uh, logo. logo on it. Yeah. And the cool thing is, is you really do want to put your phone in a bag. Yes, you know, definitely. Put, use that Ziploc Just bag. Just in case. Bring your own Ziploc bag in case yeah. you don't have it. Yeah. You know, put your wallet. Don't put, count put, on put, it. You know, your, any kind of electronic. It, but it's worth, it's worth getting a little soggy for. Yeah. And I want to mention too, there is an alternative for little critters. Anybody who's not tall enough. I like that. Like underneath the exit or very yeah. near the ride there's a little place where they can play the laughing place the laughing place <laughs> um it's very small i mean it's not like a huge playground by any means but something to keep them um busy while you're waiting 
And this is for the kids that are under 40 inches yeah. tall. Because big kids cannot go in Technically, like Mindy was saying, if you're 40 inches or taller, unless you're really afraid to get it wet, they would, or the little drop, well, it's a little bit bigger than a little drop, but it goes by quick. They, you know, they would expect most people to be able to go on the attraction. Because mm -hmm. um, it, it is a, you know, it is a family, I feel, a family attraction. Yeah. And most so, of it's not thrill ride. Right. What about that honorable mention you got, man? So my honorable mention I chose was Peter Pan's Flight. Uh, I guess, again, it's kind of like the nostalgia. The kids really like it. Um, I guess the only reason I put it as honorable mention and not on my actual top five list is because there's always a really long wait, and it's a very short ride. But it's still, I feel like it's a definitely a must-do. And, you know, it's described as set sail across the sky, board your pirate galleon, and follow Peter Pan as he beckons you to join him on the flight of a lifetime. Wave goodbye to Nana and join the darling children. We always wave goodbye to mm -hmm. Nana the dog. Gotta wave goodbye to Nana. Yeah. Join the darling children on a gentle cruise over London where Big Ben and Tower Bridge light up the night sky. And then, of course, you get to fight Captain Hook. And, you know, it's just, it's a really cool experience. The reason why there are such long lines is the ride vehicle only, they don't have that many of them. Yeah. And the galleon only can fit, it's a tight three. Yeah. It's a tight three. If you've got um, a little one that's like two or three years but old. But typically two adults. That's how you fit Two three. adults. And yeah. so that's going to slow this bad boy down. But uh, um, I like your list, Mindy. Yeah, thanks. Um, Mindy and I do have a lot that have doubled up. Um, I'm going to tell you why on the ones that are doubled up, why I have one on my list, but I'm not going to obviously explain what the uh, you know the description of the ride is. Um, so we won't get into that. But uh, um, my number five is the one, the only Haunted Mansion. Welcome to the Haunted Mansion. Well, you know, 999... And you could be the 1,000th ghost. It is just a, um, I got a lot of great memories from when I was a kid. Climb aboard a gloomy dune buggy for a grave journey through a labyrinth of haunted chambers. And it is a spirited tour um, where, you know, it is, it's a haunted house. It's just, it's just amazing. This whole experience, there's kind of like a small pre-show where they take you into the room that stretches and kind of go over the different kind of ghosts that are in um, the actual attraction. And like I said, they always said, you know, the 999 Happy Haunts and we're always looking for one more. Um, just a very cool, you know, if you have the, uh, um, if you actually have, you know, if you paid for getting the um, photo pass, there's a great photo pass photo on this on this yeah, attraction really neat. that you can get. Um, but just just a classic. Uh, um, I to me, it's in Liberty Square. I, I I could not leave this off. This is another one of those any height, all ages. Yeah. So I mean, I have seen and and people can say what's right, what's wrong. I've seen like babies on this ride yeah. before. Sometimes they scream, sometimes they sleep. Well, they might not even crazy. pay attention. They don't even know what you know. Some of them may or may not even understand. But we've taken our little ones when they were little on this. Our kids on it when they were little, and uh, um, all three of our kids, you know, can hack it without any issue. Um, great attraction. My number four is Peter Pan. Um, I know that was on Mindy's list. And for me, the reason why I love Peter Pan so much is I remember when I went, and I, I shared this, I believe, on episode one. This used to be literally where you could just walk on. And I remember going on this ride with my brothers like 10 times in a row. Wow. And we just kept on walking on it and on it. And I just fell in love with the ride. My number three is Big Thunder Mountain. And uh, 
for the reasons Mindy was mentioning earlier. I like writing it personally at night, if at all possible. Definitely will write it in the morning to make sure I get to write it. But I just absolutely love this attraction. And now I'm building memories with like Annabelle, our, our five-year-old loves it. Yeah. And she likes riding with Daddy on the attraction, yeah. so it has a special place in my heart for sure. Splash Mountain is my number two for the same reasons as Mindy went over as well. Um, just a great experience. I love the whole banner back and forth between Br'er Bear, Br'er Fox, and Br'er Rabbit. It's just it's just great. The whole 100 animatronics, immersive experience. It makes you smile. It makes you smile. It's, it's, it's a must-do for sure. And then my number one ride um, that was not on Mindy's list is the one and the only Pirates of the Caribbean. Once again, any height, all ages. And uh, <laughs> my favorite my favorite memory on this ride was when I was a kid. My mom went on it. My, my, my poor mother, she hates roller coasters. There is literally the smallest drop in uh, God's green earth. And I will never forget, we went down that drop and she just screamed, oh my god and everyone's just like looking at us like oh you know like what's gonna happen next because you know they thought that you know something crazy was gonna happen but then it's really you just go into a battle cannon you know um but uh set sail on a swashbuckling voyage to a long forgotten time and place when pirates and privateers ruled the seas um they got the iconic song yo ho yo ho a pirate's life for me 17th century uh uh, Caribbean seaport town. It's a nice, it's it's a water attraction. You're on a boat. It's great. Um, in recent years, they've added Captain Jack Sparrow to the mix. They've made it a big deal with adding Captain Jack throughout it, and they go through a whole story of them trying to find Captain Jack. And there's been reiteration and reiteration of this ride as time has gone by. Um, they've even changed the, the scene. There used to be a, an auction scene where they were auctioning, auctioning it off residents, ladies that were residents of uh, the, one of the um, places that got pillaged. Now the pirate that used to, or the, the lady that used to be auctioned off red, she is now a pirate. And they've changed that to a scene where um, she's actually one of the main uh, main pirates now. So yeah. it's a really cool experience. Absolutely love this ride. This is one of the ones, in my humble opinion, you can't go to Magic Kingdom and not ride Pirates of the Caribbean. <laughs> I, agree. I am telling you, when they were refurbing it with everything with Captain Jack on it, one of the trips we were there, it was down, and you could almost see a grown man cry. That's how much I adore this attraction. This attraction is just a must-do for sure. My honorable mention, um, this show is getting kind of long because we had a lot of stuff to talk about and we try to keep these to an hour, um, was Jungle Cruise. I'm not going to get into it, but it's another one of those attractions that anyone of all ages can go on and they tell cheesy jokes and it's another boat ride. So I love the boat rides, but those are my top five at Magic Kingdom. And kind of uh, doing a quick time check here, um, we are at 50 minutes right now. Um, so actually, we were going to go into a full review of um, California Grill. Do you think we have time to do kind of a cursory we'll, on it? We'll just make it short. Okay. We'll make it quick. Kind of do a cursory. There's a lot to say on this restaurant, but we'll, we'll, um, we'll make it fast. But California Grill it is if you're on the dining plan, it's going to cost you two amenities. It is at Disney's Contemporary Resort. It is, to me, out of all of the restaurants, and there are so many restaurants I love, for me, this was my favorite experience on property. Um, I got, they change the menu a lot, but there's always a steak option. This is the best steak I've ever had in my life. 
Um, but um, described on their website, California Grill, savor the finest in California cooking as you take in the sights of Seven Seas Lagoon and Magic Kingdom Park. Um, it's you know you it's take elegant. A, it's elegant you take an elevator actually to get to the resort the check-in um they actually have a lounge too where if you don't get a reservation you can actually go up and ask hey is there room at the lounge and if they do they will let you up and you can sit in the lounge and order um you know it's first you know first served seating but you can actually go up to the lounge and still experience it um if you don't want to it's pricey so some people might just want to go up there and see what it's all about. Maybe go up there and get a pre-dinner cocktail or just, you know, get a non-alcoholic drink and just see what it's all about. Mm -hmm. um, they also have a brunch, which you have to really get 180 days out. It's hard to That's get. It's very hard to get. It's only on Sunday. Um, but, uh, and then everyone, one of the big things about this is to be able to eat there. And then if you eat there, you can, uh, they give you a receipt that you can come back, you show the receipt, you can return to watch the fireworks. And you can actually go outside and watch the fireworks um, from the Magic Kingdom, you know, way up in the air at the Contemporary. But this this uh, this place is just, I, I, I absolutely just love this restaurant. Like I said, best steak I've ever had. At the time they had a T-bone steak. I am not kidding you, it was like a cowboy cut. It was like, I want to say it was darn near almost a two-pound steak. I ate everything. <laughs> I, I left the T-bone. I mean, it was. I was impressed with myself. I felt kind of. I felt kind of like, are you a glutton man? But it was. It was amazing. Um, what What is a? Um, what did you think, Mindy? I know when we went. You know, um, you were kind of fighting a little bit of a um, a heat rash, if you will. Yeah. But um, this this to me is. Uh, um, I love this. Place. I really liked it. I would have liked it even more had I been feeling better. I had like this terrible rash, so I wasn't at my feeling my best. But I still, I remember I got like a steak, not a steak, but like um, filet. You got a filet. It, it was, was good. I remember it being yeah. really good. The oak-fired filet um, is what you got. And just to give people an idea, that particular dish Mindy got, it's 54 bucks. It was good. So, I mean... And like I said, this would be one of the places where it would be worth using two entitlements. Yeah, if you're I on think the so. Disney dining plan that would be worth two. There's for not sure. too many that I feel are worth the two entitlements. Yeah. Um, and I do want to mention this: we went to this restaurant when we were on a, our anniversary trip, yes. just the two of us. Yes. But I did see families with kids. Yes. And they say they have a dress code. I mean just have to look nice you don't have to be in a dress you don't have to wear pants and the people at the I saw lounge guys, were really dressed down yeah at the lounge. i mean they i saw yeah. guys with shorts and like just a polo or something right. i think i even wore shorts but just like a nicer tank and, there was, and there, there was some little, ladies too that had jeans yeah. they were wearing jeans they were nice jeans I right mean, don't get me wrong but so then i saw kids yeah yeah so i mean kids with t-shirts don't feel and, like you cannot yeah. go because you know your kids i mean you your kids Know that your kids are going to have, they're going to be fancier things to eat there. Here's, but I'm sure they'll yeah. accommodate. My tip would be on this, um, you know, ask ask when you're checking in. If you're that concerned about it, I don't think they're going to make a big deal. They have a dress code, but I want to use the word, you know, from what we experienced and other people we've seen consistently go there. It's a very, they have yes. it, but it's a very, um, not strictly enforced. Right. And they don't just, don't go in in a tank top and your, and your, and your pool, your swimming trunks. Yeah. Yeah. You I know mean, what I mean? Try to be just, sensible. Just, yeah. you know, even if you're out at the parks all day and you end up going there after, I mean, I think 
it's fine and you know it's very open like i said you can look out the you know look out the windows and see the magic kingdom from the um the california grill they cook the food in one of the kitchens where you can watch them cooking which is awesome it's a uh, um kind of a open um i want to just look at something on that menu uh okay. it looked like they had like um go down a little bit oh Maybe not. I thought I saw something about pizza that I didn't realize. About about pizza. Wood, they wood do. fired pizza yeah. or something, and I'm like, oh, that. Yeah. Right there. Right there. Um, they had artisan hand formed pizzas in their wood burning oven. I didn't realize that was on the menu. That honestly, that would be something that would intrigue me the next time. And if you love sushi, it looks like they have some of that. So. But I know we uh, kind of, and we'll dive into this again um, in in the future a little bit more, but. For me, um, I don't just, you know, say this loosely by any stretch of the imagination. Um, you know, go check out the menu, prepare for it. You're going to have to pay for this if you're not on the dining plan. But for me, um, it is the one experience I've been to, which is definitely, I think last week we gave uh, Hoopty Doo a nine, right? Yeah, this one here this, would this be a nine, a, nine and a half. For me, this is a straight 10. I will give this a perfect score. Um, it is the best dining experience I have ever had in my life. Okay. That's how strongly I feel about I, California. I, I really liked it. I think I like Ohana dinner a little bit better than this one, but it was really in it. You know what? If I would have been feeling a whole lot better, maybe I would have liked it even more. Well, with that, it has brought us to uh, um, you know the end of our show. Um, we always want to thank the listeners for... Uh, um, spending your time listening to Mindy and I. We want to hear from you guys. If you have any questions about anything discussed in today's show, please email Mindy and I at wdwchasers at gmail.com. And with that, I can't believe we're already there. Thank you for listening to the show. And remember, whatever your dream is, don't be afraid to chase it. Until next time, Derek and Mindy Chaser, Chasing Away.